Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company and thank you for your continued support. El Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, is a pilgrimage. And pilgrims have walked for centuries. And when you walk, you can't help feeling the energy of those who have walked before you. The narrow pathways, the still and wind-swept towns, the cattle wandering across your path, the tree-lined passages, and you think, hey, this is heaven. But it's the ability to switch off from the rest of the world. Just think about that for a moment. If there's a bloke on the corner selling wares, a sign-up, saying, come over here and you can switch off from the rest of the world for a moment, people would be lined up around the block. Because we need space and we need clarity and we need hope and we need each other and we need sharing and we need caring and we need love. And I can offer you anything via this podcast. It's clarity, a little space, a little hope, a little sharing, caring and love. Energy is a word that has so many meanings these days, but pilgrims have a unique energy. It seems crazy to talk about energy when you've walked 30 kilometres in a day. But St. James was one of Jesus Christ's apostles. Quite the day job when you think about it. It was James as a fisherman when Jesus said, cast your nets aside and be a fisher of men. The rest, I suppose, is history. The story goes that James, once Christ had been killed, made his way to Spain to preach Christianity. And the Spaniards at the time were at war. James said, I ought to tell you about this bloke Jesus. And the Spaniards said, we're kind of in the middle of something. And so James fought on alongside them, but eventually returned to the Holy Land and was martyred. And his followers placed his remains in a stone boat, sailed them to Galicia, where they were discovered 800 years later. The cathedral in Santiago de Compostela translates as St. James under a field of stars. Pilgrims walk from all around the world looking for something. Perhaps St. James has the answers. Two things. Firstly, if you start to walk long distances, your heart, body and soul will say, thank you. The second is this. We are pilgrims. We love knowing the pilgrim community is there, somewhere, everywhere, around the world. It's an honest enterprise, pilgrimage. It doesn't matter why you're walking. Someone will take the time to talk to you. Sometimes the people you think don't want to talk to you are the ones waiting to hear what you have to say to them. And I saw this week's quote on Facebook and loved it. Maybe life isn't about avoiding the bruises. Maybe it's about collecting the scars to prove we showed up for it. My guest this week is an American pilgrim, Tanya Valdez. She's on the line from the Portuguese Camino. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you. The introduction was beautiful. Thank you, Dan. That's, that's so appropriate. It's my pleasure. I want to talk to you about how and why you came to be in Spain on the Portuguese way. But first, I mentioned in the introduction about reasons for walking the Camino. Do you remember why you walked your first Camino? Absolutely, absolutely. I um, had cancer in 2003 and survived it, stage three, um, and was very grateful 
and read while I was doing my chemotherapy, I read uh, Paulo Coelho's The Pilgrimage book. And it piqued my interest and it intrigued me very much. So I just did some further research. I had never heard of the Camino and um, was so excited once I started delving into it. So the next thing you know, I was leaving for Roncesvalles and uh, walking the, the Camino Frances in 2006. Oh, wow. Uh, and did, yeah. <laughs> So did you discover the Camino from just picking up that book or did someone say to you, you ought to read this book or how did that, no. book, how did that book come to be in your hand? I, it was just, I like Paulo Coelho. I'm, I'm probably one of the rare few. I, I've, I've been very um, inspired by him. I would say, and I picked up his book uh, while I was doing chemotherapy. I did a lot of reading, and that happened to be one of the books, and it just inspired me to to find out more. It's a complicated book, isn't it? You, you find yourself at times thinking, "Wait a minute, what?" And yeah, yet, and I yet, know. <laughs> and yet, and yet, it's really interesting because you also say to yourself, "I'd love to do that." Exactly. I, I think that was the best part of the whole thing was yeah. being inspired by the book to walk the Camino. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I didn't actually know that he'd written the pilgrimage. I knew the alchemist. I knew it very well. Um, and then someone yeah. said, someone said to me, you know, he's written a book about pilgrimage. And I was, oh, I didn't even know that. Um, it's a wonderful book. Yeah, I think it's his first. I think it's actually his first book that he wrote. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think yeah. you were susceptible to pilgrimage? Why do you think that ticked something in your in your heart? Uh, well, it was a. It started out to be a gratitude walk, but before you know it, it starts becoming spiritual, and it's an inner journey, and it's the simple life. I mean, once. You walk, then you're you're bitten with that Camino bug, and and you just can't get enough of it, and you keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here you are, and we're going to get to the reason that I'm talking to you from the Portuguese way in Spain. You're from Iowa, the Hawkeye State. I know, and I, I know. <laughs> and I read somewhere that Iowa is one of the safest places in the United States. So here's this girl from the cozy corn belt, right? <laughs> yeah. Now living on the coast of Spain in Galicia. And yeah. when I just called you just now, you said, I'm just looking out across the ocean, that very ocean that they would have sailed St. James's remains in a stone boat. Right exactly. Past, right past you. It's amazing. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you pinch yourself? It's, yeah, of course. I'm still pinching myself. It's been a couple of years now, and I'm still looking out and going, what, I, what a fabulous view. You know, growing up in Iowa gives you a lot of uh, strength and inner courage. Um, but also the fact that I didn't, I was landlocked and didn't get to see water for a long time. So this was nice. It's a nice change to have the water to look out at. It's like you said in your, in, your introduction, uh, the wide open spaces, there's something about there's something to say about that. Yeah. So let's get to it. You've established a pilgrim's inn, La Cala, which I think yeah. is, is that the cove? 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. I, so I did my research. <laughs> and, and it's in you the shadows it. of Santa Maria de Oya, a former Cistercian yeah. monastery founded in 1137. So just in terms of um, geography, how far are you from Santiago, say? I'd say about 150 kilometers from Santiago. Okay. And so how long ago did you establish La Cala? Well, it's been a work in, it's been a, a labor of love. It's been a work in progress. I'm still, I mean, still, you know, crossing the, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, little things to do. Um, and then waiting, we have to present a project. It's a lot of paperwork. We have to present a project to the patrimony to get approval for the, to do work on the outside. We're pretty much done with the inside except for little things. But now the, the big, I think the big step is going to be getting the patrimony to Spanish government to okay the outside um, approval. Get the, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to that, Tanya. But first, take us through the journey of how you came to, to be inspired to establish La Cala and, and how that all came about. Well, the Camino bug bit me, and the first time I walked um, – fell in love with a lovely hospitalitera that she was just so warm and open and welcoming to pilgrims. Um, she was, her name was Marina and I hope someday to get back to her and say thank you. Um, because she inspired me, Susie from Australia. She inspired me as well. Um, thanks to your podcast, Dan. Susan Morris. Um, yeah. Oh, I love Susie. No, Susie, Susie uh, Stevenson, Casa oh, Susie. Oh, of course, of course, Susie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she just was so warm and welcoming and, and just loved the pilgrims. And I put the seed was planted back in 2006, but kept going back to the United States and kept saying, oh, someday, 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 putting it back on the back burner. But then you get to a point in your life where you – you don't want to have any more regrets. I wasn't getting any younger and um, decided it was time to do that. I walked the Camino Portuguese the first time in 2015 from Lisbon. Absolutely loved it. It was difficult uh, to walk. There was only two other pilgrims that I walked with off and on. And uh, then by Porto, we ran into some more people, but um, fell in love with the Camino Portuguese. The people in Portugal are lovely. Um, yeah, walked through Oya then back in 2015 because I did the coastal way. And, oh, my gosh, I, I looked around and I said, oh, I could, I could live here. You know, everybody, I think a lot of pilgrims have that. Yeah. Like you said, you walk, through a, you walk through a village and there's cows walking around and sheep and goats mm. and you can't help but fall in love. It's like going back in time. It is, Exactly. Oya is very much left to, to protect the history. Uh, they do, they do, they're really careful to do that. So how did you do your research, Tanya? Did, or did you discover the, the building that is now La Cala by chance or was it on the... Oh, on the... It, you know, I had been looking for a long time for uh, a place and wasn't sure which exact route I wanted to be on. Um, and the day I, and then I came back and I had been looking previously, researching, researching, coming back and doing the Camino, um, and looking to see where it was a good place to, to, to land, so to speak. And, um, 
I came back in 2018 and walked the Camino Portuguese again. And the day I walked into Santiago was the day that this house showed up. I had had a notification alert sent to me and they just hadn't had um, any buildings. They Spain usually gives, uh, it's typical for families to just hand down the houses down to their, their children mm. as their legacy. And, um, and Oya is a teeny tiny little village. So uh, the, the possibility of finding a property here, I pretty much given up. But the day I walked into Santiago in 2018, this property showed up on the notification and it had a lot of help from Gonzalo. Gonzalo showed me a million properties. <laughs> and I also had a lot of help with a lady who lives here by the name of Jessica. So how complicated is it for an American to buy a house and establish a business? Yeah, um, that's probably why I had kept putting it on the back burner because the visa paperwork was a little intimidating for me. But I, I became, uh, if, you, if you're old enough, and I'm not old enough yet, so I had no other choice to but become a, an autonomo visa. You have certain types of visas you have to apply for. And I had the only really option that I had was the autonomo visa. Um, I'm not old enough to, to take advantage of the non-lucrative. So to, to, to do that paperwork was whew, three months and everything has to be timed perfectly. And it's a lot of paperwork. And um, yeah, so... Once we got the visa established, then bought the I kind of put the horse before the cart. I bought the house before I got my visa. <laughs> a lot of faith. A lot of faith. That is a lot of faith. When you yeah. talk about the autonomo visa, um, yeah, I'm assuming that's some sort of sole trading entitlement. It's a, is it? Yeah, it's a self-employed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. So you've got all that. So then what about the the, the journey of the of the building? Uh did it need did it need a lot of work? Um and Oh and, my and, goodness. And, <laughs> go go on, tell You're us about so that. Kind. Did it need a lot of work? It was horrendous, probably. You know, I looked at a lot of beautiful properties, but they, the location was what was not good. And you know how important it is to pilgrims to not have to go very far off the Camino. Yeah. So this was really the, the – there was one other property that was in Portugal, but it had a train going through the backyard. So I didn't think that was too appropriate for pilgrims, not good for resting. Um, but, yeah, every single room we had to – it's pretty much we tore everything down – from bare to the bare bones. We had to install heating because that was a part of the requirement for the business. So, and we put it in uh, in floor heating and put it, there was no insulation. There was, we had to redo uh, electric, do plumbing. I mean, it pretty much, we just started all over from scratch on the inside. Every single room needed love. <laughs> did you did you envisage that? Did you see that it would be No. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh heck no. No no no. I thought <laughs> Yes, it's a, it was a Camino of the albergue type. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's not funny. But it, it, no. what about the locals? Were the locals supportive? You know, that's what I I spent two years. I spent a year as a summer here, actually, before I actually purchased the house. I rented a little apartment for the summer, and 
I thought they were lovely. Um, they're very quiet and shy until they get to know you. But I think once they realize that you're you're here to stay, I think they were a little, um, you know, thinking the American won't won't make it. They kept saying, "Oh, wait till you get through a winter." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. From Iowa, you have long winters and gray and lots of snow and." 80 below wind chill factors and <laughs> oh, it's a lot of rain in the winter, but it's still, there's still no snow. So when you, when you stayed the year or, or the summer rather um, in the apartment, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. had you already bought the house? We were in the process. Well, that was the, we had a, 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 a con, we signed a contract with right. a purchase, like a, down payment with purchase to buy like in a year. We I wanted to wait a year to make sure that my visa would come through, but I kind of we kind of it just it's long story short, they lost my paperwork for the visa mm. and we had to restart the whole process over again. Once I got I thought it was a done deal and, and then I got over here and they realized they had sent the paperwork from the United States, but then it got lost in transit from Madrid. So we had to redo the paperwork from here. So, so it was <laughs> Tanya Valdez, I imagine, has some Spanish uh, her- yes. heritage. So can you speak fluent Spanish? No, I wish I did. That, and oh. then it's difficult here because it's half Galician and half Spanish. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm taking classes little by little. But, um, I, I knew a little bit of Spanish before um, I grew up. You know, my dad is Cuban, so his Spanish, his roots are traced back to Oviedo. Hmm. So, oh. um, and who, who knows when that was. Yeah. So, so what about communicating with the locals and, and the government officials and, and all of yeah, that? Yeah, Must have been very yeah. frustrating, not only complicated, Ooh. but frustrating too. Frustrating, but also uh, had this dear lady, Jessica, who... I couldn't have done it without her. Uh, she she maneuvered and talked and, um, yeah, she called, made phone calls. I mean, I know she probably saw just as much work as as I did. So um, I really have to give kudos. It takes a village, Dan. It takes a village. Yeah. And she did a, she did a lot of work to help me out. Yeah. And, and then there's the question um, about the challenges of of doing renovations and not not seeing problems you keep laughing but it's i'm i'm pleased that you're I, able to laugh about it well i have to laugh because it, it went, no there were times where i was hitting my head against the wall thinking what did i get myself into yeah 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 yeah, yeah. there but, is no in, in, there's no inspection process here i mean it just, I, th- I thought it would just be minor. I thought it would kind of be minor cosmetic things, but it, it just ended up, once I found out what the rules and regulations and, you know, to get your business license, you have requirements and um, you have to meet those in order to get your business license. So, But when you say yeah. there's no inspection process, you'd inspected the property. Well, yeah, we looked at the property, but that doesn't mean once you start tearing into things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, here is the funny thing about it is listening to you laughing, and which oh. I think is fabulous that you are able to laugh about it. 
Yet the very first thing you said to me when we started this conversation was that you had stage four cancer. Yeah. And now here you are looking out on the ocean in a little village in Spain, able to laugh about this catastrophic (laughs) journey to get to where you are. Indeed, you also said that there's still a lot of the journey to go. Yes. Yeah, I feel you, like maybe we're halfway here. I'm you, very humbled. I'm very humbled. I'm very humbled and very blessed and very grateful. I think the cancer probably p- prepared me a little bit for the journey. <laughs> and everybody told me, I remember when I was, uh, so, there were a couple times where I really questioned, I really wanted, you know, can I do this? Can I do this? And, and um, people were saying, in a couple months, Tanya, you're going to be laughing. So you have to be positive, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I wanted to, yeah. I'm certain that you're positive. I, 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 you know, it's, it's that old story um, that if you want it enough, you, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get it. Um, yeah. and, and you clearly wanted this enough. Um, what, what was it like the day you took your first guest? Oh, tears of joy. Um, and I had some lovely, I've, I've met some lovely Camino family members now that I would consider my extended Camino family that have stayed with me and encouraged me. Um, I got to meet Johnny Walker. I, I met Michael Walsh from Ireland. He he was lovely. Then I also belonged to a Facebook group, the Camino Portuguese for Pilgrims, and had a couple of people that I met that through them, and they they've become very close. Um, a, a lot of encouragement from a lot of people. But this is my passion, and this has been my dream for since two thousand six. Wow! So. So finally, it, how many years later? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know. And and through so many ups and downs, and I'm certain dreams can sometimes be nightmares. We we all know that. But yeah. if, if you again, yeah. if you want it enough, you'll get it. Hey, exactly. Tanya, tell us about the COVID nineteen challenges of running a little pilgrim in. Yeah. It was a mixed blessing. In a way, it put, took the pressure off me because I felt like there was such a deadline to get it open before the pilgrims started walking. But but once I realized that it wasn't going to be a huge, there's just a small handful of pilgrims walking right now. There are a few, but um, just feel blessed to, to have what pilgrims I do have. Um, yeah, it's been, I, I bought, you know, you buy face masks and you buy um uh, so hand sanitizer for every room, and I bought this special—I don't know—disinfectant that's supposed to kill all the COVID germs. So I'm constantly cleaning that between that and, you know, disinfecting. It's 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 been it's been more work than it needed to be, but I, I feel like it has to be safe for pilgrims. Mm. So important to me. Yeah, that's right. And and so, how many beds do you have? I have ten beds. Um, I have a, a spare bedroom upstairs too. That if anybody wants to come and visit, that I'm welcome to welcome to come and visit anytime. And so, is, is it just you, or is are you on your it own? It is. It's just me and my border collie. 
You and your border collie. So tell me, yes. what's life like in Oya on any given day? I mean, can you swim at the beaches? You can if you like really cold water. <laughs> I have seen people swimming out here, um, mostly in wetsuits, but I mean, they do. They're, some of them are brave. And in the summertime when it's really hot, I mean, we have maybe one or two weeks of super warm weather. It, the water is more conducive to cooling off, but I wouldn't go out there right now. It's super cold. Yeah. It's the northern. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the lifeblood of the town? What keeps it moving? You know, I've I've been so impressed with the size of the town that it um, they do like their celebrations and their fiestas. This morning I got to wake up to a cannon going off. I don't know. There must be some holiday or something going on in Oya. They like their fiestas here. Spain knows how to do And even though uh, it's been more quiet because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty lively, surprisingly. I think everybody was so happy to be out, you know, after the quarantine and lockdown. I think everybody was happy to be out and seeing people. Hmm. So it was, a, it was a busy summer for little Oya. <laughs> <laughs> is it a fishing village? Is it? A, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a fishing village. So, But I think the cities are starting to realize that there's some beauty to and some quiet, you know, and, and, and we didn't have a lot of COVID cases. So I think we saw a lot of tourists, Spanish tourists, that knew that Galicia didn't have a high number of cases. So right. they felt like, yeah, Oya is a pretty safe place. And what's the seafood like? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love seafood. So this is a win-win for me. <laughs> yeah, I love seafood too. I love it. I love it. Oh. And I, so fresh, so I, I, fresh. And living in a town where it's sourced, it's next level, right? It, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 my next question is probably silly, but I'll ask you anyway. What's one thing that you try to provide your guests that's a unique aspect of the experience in Oya? A unique aspect of. Uh, just more of the peaceful and quiet and relaxing and hope that people can um, just enjoy the culture here. I, I love the monastery. I have to say the monastery is a huge draw for me. The, yeah. the, I have a pilgrim who went last night to mass, and, and that was difficult too because the masses were not happening for a while. So mm. it's been a little, di- you know, it's different. It's not, it's not the same quite yet. They're just, I think, are starting up masses again. So hopefully, and then there's, oh, there's a monastery tour that you can take. And there's a lot of history in the, in the, old, the old monastery. So I, I encourage, you know, the history, the culture. I'm a big history buff. So um, because they say that there's not a lot of history on the coastal way. And I, I find that not to be true. Um, yeah. There's a sense of... Yeah, there's a Santa Tecla, which is a Celtic village, which is in um, Aguarda, which is not very far away and uh, has a lot of history from back BC, 1000 BC. So, How far is that from you? It's like 15 kilometers, and I'm happy to take, I'm happy to take pilgrims if they want, um, and with, my, with, some, with some help with Jessica too, uh, take them if they want to see wine, wineries, 
take them to Santa Tecla. I'm happy to see if I can figure out how to get them tickets. I know how to go online and get tickets for the monastery tour. So anything that they want to see, I just know it's a quiet place. Uh, mostly, mostly pilgrims just pass through, but if they want to take a rest day, they're more than welcome. This is not a place where you have to leave in one day. Wow. You're welcome to stay more than one. How lovely. That's so fantastic. Hey, you know, you, you mentioned Jessica a few times. Where, where did you find Jessica? Oh, she was lovely. We uh, just ran into each other. I called it, there's a bar and restaurant right in front of my um, La Cala. It's called Casa Enriqueta's, which is a, a meeting place for a lot of the locals. And we were having drinks and uh, she heard me, overheard me speaking English and she approached me. She spent some time in the United States. She had lived there several years. So she approached me and one thing led to another, and I'm, I feel bad that she maybe got in too deep or more deep than she wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good partnership. She's She's been, I, I mean, I couldn't have done it without her. She's like she's a guardian angel. Awesome. She has been. Yes, yeah, she has been. Yeah. She's been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So when you conduct yourself as now a a, a pilgrim innkeeper, a hospitalera as, as such. How, how mm-hmm. do you, how do you, uh, how does the Camino experience and your pilgrim experience resonate in your day-to-day dealings with people? I think that once they find out that I've walked the, the pilgrim, you know, the pilgrim route, that they can warm up to me. I mean, sometimes the, the lack of the, because I'm not speaking the languages right now, it's primarily Portuguese and Spanish mm. pilgrims. But once I think you, you know, pilgrims know each other. Once you get to know that you've walked the route as well, mm. I offer them a drink. If they want a drink, I, you know, I, I, I want them to feel at home. I want to just open up my home for them. That's the goal. So it really is your home, as opposed really as opposed yes. to a to an inn or a, or a pension. You're inviting people yeah. into your home. Exactly. I live upstairs, and the downstairs I, is primarily for the is the albergue or the inn. Do you think it'll always be that way? Was that your intention? Yeah, to invite people into your intention. home. Yeah, yeah, that was it's another inspiration by Ro- Rebecca Scott. A lot of people in, in the Camino family have inspired me. And Susie, again, Susie. I've, pl- I've stayed at both those people's houses. I've stayed, yeah, at, yeah. I've stayed at Rebecca's and at Susie's, and they're both lovely. fantastic. Lovely, yeah, lovely. They're, they're both absolutely beautiful. Indeed, Fantastic. I stayed at Rebecca's and it was very cold the night I was there. And mm-hmm. she said, oh, Dan, because we've got a full house, I'm going to put you out here. But don't worry, I've got plenty of blankets. And I said, that's okay. Well, I hadn't slept under blankets in years. Uh-huh. And I, I had the best night's sleep I'd had yeah. <laughs> since I could remember because I was so warm under blankets. Mm-hmm. No one sleeps yeah. under blankets anymore. Everyone always used yeah. a duvet or a doona. I had the most wonderful sleep. And, and yeah, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey, what, 
Let's go back to to the Hawkeyes. Let's go back to the Iowans. <laughs> what do your friends and family make of all of this? I think they think I'm crazy. <laughs> I, 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 you know, there's a lot of them though that they know that the Camino is my passion and has been my dream for a long time. So, but I, there's a great Camino group in, in Iowa and they've been very supportive as well. Um, Don and Lori, um, I gave a presentation when I was home once in Des Moines for the Camino Portuguese. And, um, yeah, they've been very supportive. They understand. I think I, my goal would be someday to have all my friends and family and everybody would, I would love for them to experience the Camino someday. What have you come learned? Visit. Yeah, I come and visit. I'll be there. You won't stop me. I'll yes. be there. Don't you worry about that. What come have, and visit. What have you learned most about yourself on this journey, do you think, Tanya? <laughs> like cancer, like everything in life, if you break it down one day at a time, it's manageable. I remember the first, that was probably one of my first Camino lessons was, how overwhelming does it sound to walk 500 miles? But if you break it down day by day, it's a lot more manageable. And with faith, with family, with friends, with, with pilgrims, you can do anything. You know, um, when you just mentioned then you can do anything, you took a huge gasp of air. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like you were trying to, to, to tell yourself it's okay to say what you're about to say. But, but when, you, when you talk about doing things in one step at a time, you talked about cancer in 2006. That's a long time ago. Yeah. It took me a while to work up the nerve, I think, to work up the courage to do this. No, no, I, I didn't mean it like that. What I meant was, uh, what I meant was, that's a long time to be a survivor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember the 10-year mark was, was a huge deal to me. And um, I wanted to make sure, yes, yeah. It's been, it's a long journey, Dan. It's been a long journey. <laughs> but that's exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. I, I'm so blessed and humbled and honored to finally feel like we're, get, we're, we're open. We're open for business. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's a, I, I do a lot of research for my podcasts and I was on your Facebook page and there, there are people taking photographs out of a, a square, it was almost a square window, which seems to yeah. look, look over the monastery, yeah? Yes. Can well, I just, that was, that, yeah. The, the, that the, was, the, the fittings and everything is beautiful. The finishing is beautiful. You've done a good job. Thank you. Well, they're basic. I didn't want anything fancy. I couldn't afford anything fancy. But I'm happy. I just want the pilgrims to feel comfortable and I want it to feel like home. So light and airy, I was going for, you know, minimalistic, but, but, but resting and relaxing and yeah, views of the ocean, views of the monastery steps from the grocery store. I know what pilgrims want. <laughs> and then you have your kitchen, you have your own kitchen downstairs too, as well. 
I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to get there. I've, ju- I've just got a couple more questions. Um, what's, sure. what's one word that you use to capture your Camino experience? Cool. There's a couple. I would say faith mm-hmm. would probably be number one. Right. Um, kismet is another. How, how, how many times you've asked yourself on your inner journey, what if this happened or what if that happened or could, could, could I use, I could meet, I would love to meet somebody from the States because it, it was a week when I walked to Camino in 2006, it was a week before I met anybody who spoke any English. <laughs> wow. So yeah. And then the next thing, you know, somebody shows up from California. So it was kismet. Kismet is another word. Yeah. Uh, there's things that happen that the, the magic juju, uh, that happens on the Camino. And it go, I go right back to that very first time that I interviewed Rebecca Scott three and a half years ago when she said, mm-hmm. Dan, it's the juju. It's the juju, and yes. I, and I said, what? The what? What? The, the what? What is it? Sorry, Rebecca, did you? What did you? Just, and there you go. You see, it's the juju. Isn't that so fantastic? It's the juju, that, yeah. That, that's so, so fantastic. So, what, let me ask you this then. What have you learned most about you? What have you learned most about yourself, Tanya, in this journey? You're stronger than you think. And lots of trepidation and lots of scary times. And uh, But you still, like I said, if you can break it down one day at a time, just get, just make it to tomorrow. Things always look better in the morning. That's what my mom always taught me. <laughs> You may be tired at the end of the day, but the next morning things will look better. Mm. And it's the same way with the Camino. How many times do you come in and you're just exhausted and you don't think you can go another day, but the next morning magically, magically. <laughs> Even sometimes just walking, it takes a couple steps, but surprises you can walk another 25 kilometers, 25, 30 kilometers the next day. And how many times do you see someone and think, that guy's finished? He's done. Yeah. Poor, yeah. You know, poor bloke. You know, uh, and then you see oh. them the next afternoon yeah. and you say, well, wait a minute. I yeah. had, I volunteered in Liz, uh, in Alpriat, which is the first stage out of Lisbon a couple times or maybe three times. I don't know. I can't remember how many times. And there was a gentleman from the United States that I want to say he was probably around 80, just guessing his age. And I was really worried about him. I was thinking I needed to call his family because he, I, he pretty much collapsed once he got inside the door. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I was thinking I was going to, you know, start looking around for the defibrillator and, what, you know, what's the number for the ambulance? And I really was worried about him. Uh, and I, I got him a glass of water. He took and he it was very slow, but he took a shower, and the next thing you know, he was ready for. I mean, he took a shower. He he took a he took some time, but then he was ready for dinner, and he was like, "This is the same." I couldn't believe he was the same guy. I was really nervous for him, but he seemed to do okay. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, I, I I think the Camino provides energy that. Yeah you wouldn't find anywhere else and I agree. there's a collective um 
A collective energy. So all of those pilgrims heading out the next morning, you think, oh, so true. I'll, 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 I'll get up and have another, I'll, I'll get up and walk 5Ks, you know. I, I want to be, yeah. pa- be part of this. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the energy carries you. There's absolutely no question about that. And indeed, Tanya, I'm certain that energy has carried you. Um, absolutely absolutely the stones the stones how i feel like the stones could talk and the energy radiates from the stones those stones that are along the camino pathways and um yeah if the stones could talk i feel like that would be a great name for a book yeah (laughs) i i agree if the stones could talk and couldn't they if couldn't they tell some stories yeah. What would you say to somebody um, who's who's listening to the podcast and they're thinking of walking? What would you say to them? Oh, do it! Please do it. It's a spirit. It's an experience that nobody should miss. What would it's you just? Yeah, it turned my life around, Dan. It turned my life around. What would you say to somebody listening who has stage four cancer? Oof. <laughs> you got this. It's like the Camino. It's it's like life, one day at a time, one day at a time. I had a dear friend in New Mexico who sent me uh, candles and a candle. Uh, so for for every, I had sixteen chemo treatments, and for every time I had a chemo treatment done, I lit a candle as a celebration, and it was over. And boy, I can't tell you that that wasn't something special to me um, to light that 16th candle. What type of cancer did you have, if you don't mind me asking you? No, Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's blood. Yeah, yeah. It affects your immune system too. But it's it's doable, just like the Camino seems daunting. Um, you know, life after cancer, life after the Camino, it changes yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think you're absolutely fantastic. I really, really oh, thank do. Thank you, Dan. Tanya, I feel I, the same about you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been watching because we're friends on Facebook and, you know, you're friends with Maggie and Susie and all those yeah. and Gonzalo and friends of mine and, indeed, Gonzalo's been here at my house having dinner and um yes. and and another, I another Camino angel another, another Camino, Camino angel. angel exactly I wanted to talk to you about your journey and I wanted to tell the world about Lakala so con- congratulations I really really hope it all works out for you and I look forward to sitting out on your back deck looking out yes. over the yes. over the ocean um, and, and, you know, I know that when – I know from experience that when you are diagnosed with cancer and you think, oh, well, that's it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's easy to think, well, that's it, it's finished. But something in your soul said, fight. And, yes. And, I- and, and, and I don't know what it is or what it was. But congratulations for having the spirit to fight. Yes, thank you so much. It was, there's a a movie of, oh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's uh, 
there's a saying at the end of the movie, it's get busy living or get busy dying, or is it get busy dying and get busy living? You have a choice. So get busy living, get busy living. I'm with you. I think yes. that's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and I think you of all people exemplify my quote that I began with tonight. Maybe life isn't about avoiding the bruises. Maybe it's about it's, collecting it's, the scars to prove we so showed perfect. up for it. It's like you did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's so perfect. I've thoroughly so perfect. enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Thank you Tanya, well. for taking the time to chat. And I look forward to the day when I can take my own photo of Santa Maria de Oya through the window and at I, La Cala. I look forward to it too. Hugs, hugs from across the sea. And Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Thank you. My guest this week, Tanya Valdez, who runs the albergue or pilgrims in La Cala in Oya on the coastal route of the Camino Portuguese. Maybe life isn't about avoiding the bruises. Maybe it's about collecting the scars to prove we showed up for it. Thank you so much for your company this week and every week. While this crazy year continues and so much of our lives has been turned upside down, it's comforting to know that the Camino and pilgrims around the world carry a sense of togetherness to cling to. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, some